Remember the last time you checked into a hotel in a foreign country? What is the first thing you asked for? Chances that you asked for the Wi-Fi password are high, right? This is because the internet has become part of our lives. It is where we hang out with our friends, speak truth to power, express ourselves, make some money, find information to take us through this life. Hello and welcome to the Amnesty in Africa podcast, a place where we talk about human rights and the work of Amnesty in Africa. I am Prudence Nyamishana. If the internet is a place of limitless advantages, why do governments find it necessary to clamp down on digital rights? Does the internet need regulation anyway? Today, I host Lilian Naluga, the president of the Internet Society Uganda chapter. If you're dealing with uh, an authoritarian state, offline is easy to control because you set measures. In this episode, we will discuss, among other things, the rise of digital authoritarianism in Africa in light of the recently passed Computer Misuse Amendment Act 2022 in Uganda. It's such a great honor to host you on this podcast. How have you been since the last time I saw you? Busy as always. Um, <laughs> this uh, Kampala of ours, you have to be busy. I would like you to tell me what you like to do on the internet. My daily work involves working with the internet, but every day, perhaps something that I can share when I wake up. Mm-hmm. I know um, those people they talk about do not reach for your phone, but the first thing I do with my phone is I check my social, my socials, mm-hmm. the first two hours of my waking up, so that when I get to office, it's purely work. So, and being that is driven by social media platforms, I'm always on uh, social media, but. I focus and dedicate at least two to three hours of my daily activities to understanding social media. And you talked about social media channels being the leaders of the internet. For many Ugandans, Facebook, Twitter, and WhatsApp, and maybe lately TikTok is the internet. What is the digital rights landscape uh, in Uganda? What does it look like? Uganda, currently, we've seen ups and downs. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we seem to be going on the law. In fact, uh, Freedom House recently, just about, I think, a day or two, released their st- Freedom on the Net uh, report. And um, Freedom on the Net, I think, Uganda scored um, is partly free. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's not a free kind of you know state of internet freedom in Uganda. Likewise, there have been analysis done by different entities like say CIPESA, on state of digital rights in Uganda, and other entities, you know, just not focusing on the broader digital rights on maybe specific kind of rights like say freedom of expression or right to information mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So Things you see that, you know, violations, right, violations, actual yeah. violations, things you can point to. Internet is shut down or social media is, you know, shut down. Of course, we know Facebook, the platform itself, mm-hmm. is still in the government's books, is still shut down. But again, we've seen that it's being used thanks to the VPNs, you know, this enactment of the Computer, computer Misuse um, Amendment Act. Act. Yeah. And that alone, the fact that it was presented 
it wasn't even government, you know, that brought it, but it was a private member's bill. I think it was kind of rushed because it was presented, it was taken back to, you know, to the ICT committee to look at it. Um, there were reviews that took, I think, one, one week. And next we know it was the president and it's, you know, it is passed. So that now takes us back to violations when it comes to digital rights. And we are going to dive deeper into yes. it. Uh, but I would like us to talk briefly about digital authoritarianism mm -hmm. around the world. For countries like Uganda, Facebook is banned. But what does that mean for Uganda and Tanzania? To sort of paint for us a picture of what this means. There's the exportation of these you know, surveillance tools or these, these uh, technologies that are looking to how can we further have more control you know, around, you know, what people are doing online. Because offline, if um, you're working, if you're dealing with um, an authoritarian state, offline is easy to control because you set measures. So my understanding is taking, you know, some further have more control. Mm -hmm. If you put it the way we were, you know, in the COVID era, right now we're in the post-COVID era, we had curfew, you know, we had roadblocks, you know, we had all that. That is the control that happens, you know, in the digital world, then you start putting these blockages, you know, there are these technologies, you're not able to access this particular tool, you know, hence the banning of, you know, say, social media platforms, you know, hence the um, five-day blackouts that, five -day blackout, you know, that we experienced in January of 2021 in Uganda. Yeah. In 2006, we saw, 16, we saw what happened. Mm. We also seeing more countries even in Uganda, investing so much in uh, surveillance tools. Pegasus. Yeah, you know, we had the, the Pegasus, you know, incidents and that kind of thing. And uh, it's not just in Uganda. I think there was a report, this was by Citizen Lab, where I think around the Commonwealth, there was a report that there were CCTV cameras that were put, you know, to spy. Which Commonwealth? The one in Rwanda? No, 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 the Commonwealth, uh, the very first one. In, was, uh, in Uganda? Reports, yeah, in Uganda too, you know, there was technology. When Uganda hosted the Commonwealth. Yes, yes. So the CCTV yeah. cameras, allegedly, this was collecting data mm -hmm. from people, unauthorized you know, collection of data. So let's dive into the Computer Misuse Amendment Act. But before we go there, there before an act is amended, there was the old one, the one of yes. 2011, the Computer yes. Misuse Act of yes. 2011. What was it about and why was it amended of and who is who are these laws protecting? Those are many questions, <laughs> but what is it? Let's start there. Uh, the Computer Misuse Act was one of those laws that were called the cyber laws. It is a time when Uganda, we were getting many countries in Africa were getting around appreciating, you know, internet, the internet usage. you know, so we're like, okay, yeah, we have cables, you know, we have the cables here, we have the infrastructure, but when we go to use, how can we create, you know, a space that can work for everyone? You know, it was about safety. So we had the Computer Misuse Act. In this um, entirety was to look at safeguard users against everyday harms, uh, phones, uh, smartphones, and all that kind of thing. So, if someone, an um, unauthorized person, you know, hacks into your phone, hacks into your email, what does the law say? How do we protect these people? We are telling people connect. How do, how should they connect when there's no protection? Hmm. And for that, there has to be a law 
you know, some sort of uh, legislation to enable the law enforcement to come in and act. So the Computer Misuse Act in its entirety was to safeguard users. But is that the practice? The practice, when you go, I think they've been two very, um, the, in the past, the, the, the previous one, the 2011, Section 24 mm-hmm. and Section 25. What that, do they say? Um, what does Section 24 say? Um, there was one mainly on harassment, cyber harassment, mm-hmm. and that was, I think, Section 24. And Section 25 was on offensive communications. Right. So when you look at harassment, how do you define harassment? Repeated someone harassing you, abusing you, or sending you unwarranted information. It can. Stalking. Yeah, stalking and that kind. It yeah. can fit into harassment. Mm-hmm. Offensive communication is one of those things that is hard to define. What is offensive? Today, Prudence, if I tell you you're ugly, or you, I don't like how you've done your hair. Oh, yo, ah, Lillian, ah, today, really. I can be offended up? by that. I get offended. But does it could warrant? be a fact. Exactly. Yeah. No, but does that warrant for me to say that, you know, I've been offended? Let me run to, to police report. That and then my hair some, was you know, not well done. Bad. <laughs> so offensive, you know, the terminologies that were used, the definitions of these terms was a bit thick. And uh, what we saw is this particular act, what was the missing part is it was very hard for, especially for us who are into understanding how people use technology, how the laws or the policies helping them to understand how effective this law was. Because one, we're only seeing it using to curtail freedom of expression. Yeah. And you only look at it, um, the offenses that we get to hear or we get to see in the media, in police, you know, with the state, it's about, it's, it's, it's political. Mm-hmm. Someone says something, you know, against the person of the president, that is offensive communication. Communication, you know. You're disturbing the peace of the president, mm-hmm. right? So it has been mainly around voices of dissent, you know, you it's mainly been used around... It's more of political, but in the sense, you could find there were other, you know, offenses that were being committed, which never get to be get documented. So and that is where the problem was with this act. Because when I ins, when I, because I see a, I see a lot of uh, misogyny, for instance, yes. that is never nobody ever arrests somebody who yeah. is abusing yeah. women online, yeah. Yeah. but yet uh, looks like when we look at the case of uh, Dr. Stella Nyanzi and uh, and. Uh, and Kakwenza, for instance, and Robert Shaka, mm-hmm. it's the Computer Misuse Act has been used. I want to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think the vagueness is deliberate? I think it is. It is. I mean, what is offensive? It's offensive saying that, you know, um, let's go back to the story of Stella Nyanzi. Of course, they could, in other circles, there could have been some extremism or people say, you know, you're, you're using bad language. But her protest, for her to make this communication, whatever the offense, the language that she was using, was against, she made, it was more of creating an alarm over some unfulfilled promise 
mm-hmm. that was to provide you know pads to schools right free pads yes and then it all started from there and it poured yeah um kwanza is more about hey this is happening these are everything someone has overstayed in power you know that let book. me write a fiction book let me write book. a fiction book about it mm. So arrested bitten tortured exactly it's you know simply how is that offensive? stating the truth it's the truth and it's known to everyone so it's more like um for those who are able to kind of understand or contextualize and get something out of this you know create more awareness about a particular problem then you're doing something wrong for instance away from okay these figures that are probably have had some bit of backing but we've also seen someone announcing the president has died and mm-hmm. they are arrested you know mm-hmm. there was the case uh, there was a, a young a young man who was arrested he spent quite a number of days you know in Luzira just over that Luzira prison yeah yes um there was also a young girl and this usually such incidents happen around the election yeah. election you know, you know so you see now where the the pattern you know mm-hmm. So I wanted the critics of uh, uh, this act say that um, that it is flawed. Yeah. We've already talked about the flaws. Yeah. yeah. That What is the new the amendment? The, the, amend, the amendment. Oh, okay. What are the flaws of the new computer misuse amendment act in Uganda? The only positive thing that we can think of positive that had was introducing hate speech because um hate speech had in um there's hate speech but hate speech in the kind of um international understanding has its own definition in hate speech sound religion you know tribe racism racism and that kind of thing again it did not define a definition for hate speech mm. yes we are happy you're like okay yeah maybe um since we are dealing with new crimes online now we can see define. how you know, define yeah. how can we address this new crime you know that is happening online it was put it wasn't defined mm. aspects of uh, unsolicited uh, communication what is unsolicited communication if you i know? forward you uh, if your auntie in the village or uncle yeah. forward you a message and you know how uh people like forwarding messages yes, on yes, whatsapp yes. that is unsolicited that is unsolicited yeah it is vague and you know um there's been uh, quite a number of you know arguments about defining what unsolicited information honestly this law with all these whatsapp groups and all these forwards we are going to be the court is going to be busy and police will be busy because then it is unsolicited you know i did not ask for you to forward me a file on this or a picture or that that's just all unsolicited Mm-hmm. So first there's that vagueness. Mm. The act also introduces I think um well it extended the penalties which could be good which are hefty. They are hefty. And can we talk about before you even go <laughs> can we talk about those penalties because I'm seeing 10 years yes. 7 years in, in in serving in a prison sentence for offensive, offensive. communication. Yeah. I mean we we need to be a bit objective if the act itself is going to be used or if it was to be used the other aspects you know of the act you know someone hacking into your your computer you know getting sensitive information by the time someone hacks into your computer 
getting sense inf- information about you. You know, does this kind of thing. They've taken time. Hmm. They have the means, you know. They are capable of so many other things. When, for instance, these hefty charges are to be applied to such a crime, you would be happy. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is this particular law, it just focuses on just about three or four sections. Offensive is just about freedom of expression, mm-hmm. right? Freedom of expression. And that is where the problem is. And that is where um, many of the people who have been pushing or who are against this law, given his history and how it has been applied, are looking at where if um, it's um, opposition, you know, it is activists or it's people who are writing critiquing critics of the government, you know, using this law, then these hefty charges are going to be really, really, really out of scope. Mm-hmm. And that is where the problem is. Yeah. That is where the problem is when it comes to that heftiness. But then also the amendments are duplication of existing laws. Mm-hmm. You know, it is really absurd to see that parliament did not listen to actors, and it was not just civil society voices. We had the lawyers weigh in. We had the whole ministry. The PS saying, no, this is repetitive. Mm. You have the whole sector coming up and saying, no, we already have existing frameworks. You know, it was talking about child online pornography. Which know. is already covered it in is the already covered for. Anti-Pornography Act of 2016. Um, but also, even the act itself had aspects of you know, the, the previous one. Yeah. It also had clauses on child online protection. Mm. Um, it was talking about privacy of communications. We have a whole data protection and privacy act. Mm. And this act is one of probably, it may not be that perfect, but it is one of those laws that went through review. A lot of review. It has a whole dedicated entity, you know, running data privacy. And then someone comes and introduces things that are already there. Parliament does not listen. So you can see. And it is more quickly, of, and quickly it is so signed into law. It is a political kind of, it's a political law. Okay. Do you want to say that some of these laws are serving a certain uh, group of people that hold power? Yeah, just as you've said it. I mean, we can say yes, because one is the charges, the the only offenses and you And the see, culprits so the far. The culprits, yeah. The mm-hmm. culprits are more of those who are opposing or critics to those in power. But we are not seeing how these particular laws are and looking protecting at protecting citizens. the everyday person. I think the Computer Misuse Act, I've only seen two cases that has been used, but most of the offenses that have come out, they're against, you know, um, critics of, you know, those in power. Hmm. Yeah. Because even when you Google search uh, computer misuse in Uganda, you realize the culprit, the, the, victim, the victim is so. uh, is the victim of 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 the harassment is yeah. is the people in power. Yeah, but also I think there's the other thing that uh, what would have seen addressed in if an amendment was to come, 
And I think Cipesa did uh, a thorough What is analysis. Cipesa, by the way? Cipesa is the collaboration on international ICT policy mm-hmm. for Eastern Southern Africa. It's um, a civic civic uh, organization that deals in looking at the intersection between ICT and policy, policy and, um, and uh, development. So there was a thorough analysis and some of the things that were looked at as we should be looking at the new crimes. Technology evolves every day. And by the, the, law, the law is slow to pick up on this. But then we've seen like the issues of, you know, gender-based violence. You know, online. Online, yeah. yeah. Gender-based violence online. Those crimes, they go unpunished. Mm-hmm. And if it is about computer misuse, that is one of the things. There should have been a clause on, you know, how do we ad- address, you know, this kind of online harms. Mm-hmm. But then what do we see? Actually, what the only positive thing that maybe didn't come out in the bill that was thrown out was the issue of um, if, uh, was it political leaders, if you... You 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 found as uh, an offender. Is it an offender? Forgive my legal jargon. If someone in power in misuses office, the misuse the act, then they would not contest for another ten years or something like that. That was the only thing that was thrown out. Yeah. So that was in the initial in the initial bill. Okay. So you talked about uh, the law, the Computer Misuse Amendment Act being used to curtail freedoms of expression. What does an ideal digital free space look like for a country that calls itself democratic? It's uh, an interesting one. One would be that um, there's the law, a law that is favorable. It's not, it's not repressive. People are able to express themselves. Freely. No, there's freely without, because also you need to, we need to understand that freedom, your freedom stops there where mine starts you yeah. know there's that argument so there is that awareness of people mindfulness if i was to report a crime something happened to me online it will be justifically you know it will be prosecuted and handled in a manner that respects rights mm-hmm. right according to international standards because Uganda, we are signatory to all these international human rights standards, but they never get to apply. So a digital, you said a digital free world? Yes. Yeah, digital freedom of expression, you know. Safe internet. Safe internet. Safe Affordable. and secure internet. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say safe, but it's not secure. Yeah. Safe and secure internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's affordable to everyone. People are able to freely express themselves, of course, without violating the rights of it the others. It stops being freedom of expression when it violates... Yeah, but yeah. it has to, the terms have to the be, terms have, to be set. have to be very clear, yeah, yeah so that they do not clear. protect uh, certain people's interests above yeah. the, the the citizens that yeah. laws are meant to protect. Yeah. Let's as we come to the end, uh, this is not unique to Uganda, mm-hmm. and you as you've been working with Cipesa for a while on yes. policy and. Yes. Uh, and analysis but you also are part of the ecosystem of the internet society yes yeah how are other african countries because someone said that african leaders are in the same whatsapp group how are other countries in our neighborhood using laws to curtail freedoms of expression especially online um 
if you look at uh, our immediate neighbors, so far maybe the most close to liberal would be Kenya, because mm. Kenya there's uh, been pushbacks, you know, against certain laws, where people find that it is not they are they are against you know a certain law, you know, a certain clause they are pushed back, and these have been repealed. That is a democratic kind of you know setting mm -hmm. in Uganda. Our the petitions end in court and the the cases become you know they die, hmm. they usually die a natural death. Um, Tanzania um, hosts the President Magufuli. We know what it was with you know freedom of expression and all that. They've been um, with a new president. There's hope, you know, but of course there are always those other things that keep you know. Coming up, you know, they are part of the system. Tanzania has been, there's not been a shutdown, but freedom of expression offline and online have been kind of, you know, suppressed. We have an instance where I think bloggers were meant to pay yeah. uh, to run their yes. businesses. We've seen, yeah. we've seen uh, platforms, even with the even, new president. Yeah, yeah. We've there's seen been, uh, just last year, there was amendments to that. Uh, it's called the Electronics Epoca. It is electronics, postal, something, communications. But Act, there are regulations, yeah. yes. There are regulations mm. that just the same way you see, yeah, UCC has, you know, the these regulations, the online content regulations. Mm -hmm. And there's registration of online users, you know. Yourself, if you're running a broadcast, you should be registered and pay this kind of fees. Mm. For Tanzania, there are hefty fees, right? Mm -hmm. There are hefty fees and... There's a lot of data collection, you know. It points you to an actual location. So for those... We've had bloggers in Tanzania. In Tanzania have been arrested. arrested. Yes. Jami, the, Jami, the, yeah, Jami the, Forums, mm. which is uh, an online space, uh, you know, which allows, you know, people to air out, discuss, has been under attack. The, the founders and the ED has arrested quite a number of times. Mm -hmm. But there's also positive hope in Tanzania, you mm. know. There's been push. Yes, there are those those kind of you know negative things. Currently, Tanzania is in the process of drafting the uh, Privacy and Communications Act, mm -hmm. and the first bill was done from by civil society as actually the Jami folks who did this mm -hmm. presented it to Parliament. So right now, there's been response, and there there's some sort of positive kind of stuff that is happening. Like you said, African leaders are in our subgroup. Uh, what happens here happens in another country. So and they copy. Yeah, each they copy. Other. And at times, I think they copy Uganda too much. Because um, when it comes to say shutdowns, of course we can't compare ourselves to Ethiopia or Togo or Cameroon. But we've seen Zimbabwe. We've seen cases. Even with our current leadership, there are still you know negative you know aspects of surveillance, arrest of um, journalists. Uh, and all this has a common denomination mm -hmm. when we go back to the digital authoritarianism. We may say internet uh, shutdowns, but usually we put it in the broader aspect of network disruptions. Mm. There may be this kind of partial. Blanket. It could be partial, you know. Like the one we experienced in 2016 in Uganda exactly. and then the total blackout, the total blackout of 2021 you know, in January. So it's kind of sophisticated. Mm. They can just decide to shake up your connection. Hmm. So, okay, what's happening? Kind of throat. It's called throttling. Yeah. Yeah, throttling the internet, you mm. know, slow it down. You cannot do anything. 
yes, you're on, the internet is on, but it is too slow mm-hmm. for you to do anything. That has happened in uh, Tanzania, it has happened in Zimbabwe, it has happened in uh, Chad. Chad, it has happened in uh, Burundi. So it is kind of a pattern and it goes back to countries that are undemocratic, countries that where you've had leaders who have been in power, people want to have control. So it is about control and having more authority mm-hmm. that, you know, now offline people, they know people are not mobilizing that much because we've seen the civic space offline. We've had the, the laws that, that uh, control how you should demonstrate. You cannot, like the public management or the um, order, act. Yes, yeah. the act. This is happening not just in Uganda. It is everywhere. Mm. You know, you find the moment you, you get your barricades to go to the street, you're going to get resistance. Mm. So now governments are also becoming smarter. So it's like, oh yeah, it's the online space. That's why it's happening. Let's try to plug into there. Hence what we are seeing happening. Finally, the the digital landscape is evolving very quickly. The yes. technologies are. But where do you see Uganda in all this digital uh, landscape in like maybe 20 years from now? Um, Uganda is an interesting case study. I mean, yes, we do have flaws, but we are also... Making progress. We, we are making progress. Our progress is... From the policy angle, we do have policies that are progressive. Then we have those ones that come and take away. So it's more like, I'm giving you this, but I'm taking. Eh, let me come and you know try to, to do that. So technology-wise, we've seen uh, quite uh, investment. Uganda is a uh, the ICT, the digital space is a liberal one. It's an easy you know the entry market, the market that anyone can come as long as you meet the standards. The standards. Yeah, and that is a good thing. Uh, we have seen, you know, internet, even post-COVID or during COVID, we saw the adoption of, you know, people, everyone became a techie savvy. Mm. Uganda, you have to be techie savvy whether you like it or not. If we go back to 2016 when the internet was shut down, no one used people, to... No, you saw how people, VPN become, so... became the in-house tool. <laughs> but and, even to access Facebook now, yeah. you have to use a VPN. Yeah, that's where I'm getting like, you know, so we've become techie savvy. Mm with the circumstances that have been given to us. Unfortunate, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Mm. And that's why you saw in um, December 2020, when UCC wrote to YouTube to kind of take down some content and YouTube said no. And then uh, we saw that uh, around the elections, there was no access to Google Store and Apple to download the VPNs. Mm. So now you see, people are becoming smarter. The other actors also become smarter. We are progressing. People are taking survey. Uganda is driven by young people. And with young people, there's technology, innovation. We've, we've seen quite a number of innovation hubs coming. Government is pushing their digital vision, digital vision 2040. Mm-hmm. It's all talking about innovation. Policies are coming, you know, in place to take artificial intelligence and all that. There are, I think uh, there are frameworks. Uh, government is currently working around developing a framework. Um, we've seen uh, the likes of Google, uh, Facebook, now Meta, investing in infrastructure, connecting the last mile. Of course, working with, I think, uh, there was fiber that was laid up to Karamoja, bringing in, you know, Airtel, Facebook. And that's the multinationals laying yeah, cables most, for Uganda. Uh, it's a Uganda. story of another day. It's a story of another <laughs> day. But you see, we are progressing. Yeah. But you see, as we also progress, new challenges come up. Mm. 
the clampdown probably clamp down will may be. also increase. Yeah, I hope not. I hope, I hope not. that the governments can realize that the internet is an enabler rather than yeah. a scare for their yeah. power. Yeah. Um, Lilian Naloga, it, is, it was such an honor to host you on the Amnesty in Africa podcast. In the next episode, we feature the voices of young Ugandans who were arrested for protesting against the human rights effects of the East African crude oil pipeline. Today we are fighting ECOP. Tomorrow they would want to demolish a whole forest or displace people in a whole district just because they want to put a project there. If we let this pass, then it is going to be easier for them. This podcast is produced by Eric Mwinam Gajo and edited by Sarah Kimani. I am Prudence Nemshana.